use is like, even on the smallest level, like go challenge yourself to do something you've never done. So like, say you never ran a mile before. All right, go try it. And if you don't do it, you can come back to it and you start to realize like, wait, I really can do these things if I just give myself enough time, enough, have enough patience and put in the work to actually make these things, you know, come true. guys welcome back to the venture mentality podcast i'm your host jacob o'connor today joining us is the former nfl wide receiver turned top speaker author and entrepreneur trent shelton what's up trent what up jacob how you doing man thanks for having me on i really appreciate it yeah of course man i'm super excited to get into this one especially like given your background and then all the things that you've transitioned transitioned into now but to where i really want to start with this interview is I want to talk about the fact that you you played at the highest level of football that there is. I was wondering, what is your biggest takeaway from this? Um, it's a couple of takeaways, man. I think the biggest one is, you know, that anything is possible. Uh, I think growing up, you know, we as as children, we have that vision of we can do anything, and then you know, whether it's our parents or whether it's our friends, society puts limitations on our life, and we start to believe we stop believing in the impossible, right? And we start to limit our mindset. So my thing is like, literally like the things that you want to do in your life, you can do it now. That comes with a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work. But that showed me um, that the impossible is just, it's just something that we, that we create in our minds and it's not really real. And uh, I challenge everybody listening to this to go prove yourself wrong or right, however you feel about it and really go out there and seek it. And that, it builds a lot of confidence in me moving forward with my life. And then also, I would say this too, there's always another level than what you think is your highest level. And so uh, that kind of brings me to what I do today. So there's always more to your life than the goals that you probably set and you think that's like your pinnacle. When you talk about like the limits existing in the mind and that what's impossible really isn't, can you kind of go a little bit more in depth for that for people who might not be um, too well-versed or too aware of what you're talking about? Yeah, man. Well, one of my quotes that I love to use is that the only impossibilities that exist are the ones you create. And so if you think about this, everything like us doing this right now was once impossible. You know, if you go back probably 30 years, 20 years, people are like, what? You're able to have a, a, a interview and look at each other. Like, so everything was once impossible. And so I just started to operate like that. I started to think about like, man, like this house, you know, building this house, somebody told the first person who built something was like, that's a crazy idea. And so you start to realize that impossibilities are, are being set in your life uh, through society. Like society will put you in a box. Your friends will put you in a box. You know, even your own self will put you in a box. And you got to be willing to, to break, through, to, to break through, uh, through that box and through those barriers. And so some of the strategies that I, I like to use is like, even on the smallest level, like go challenge yourself to do something you've never done. So like say you never ran a mile before. All right, go try it. And if you don't do it, you can come back to it. And you start to realize, like, wait, I really can do these things if I just give myself enough time, enough, have enough patience, and put in the work to actually make these things, you know, come true. I love that. I think that's really key for you to, to you to share with the audience right now. But now I want to hit a little bit on your transition from pro football into what you're doing now with your new world of impact and entrepreneurship that you've entered. Yeah, man. Um, 
you know, I lost football in 2009, really. That was when I lost the NFL. And I, I kind of dibbled and dabbled a little bit trying to make it back. Arena football, which I hated, to be honest with you. And um, I thought my life was lost. Well, my life was lost. I thought my life was over. And my rock bottom, my college roommate committed suicide. And then uh, Tristan, my son, he's 11 now. But in 2008, Tristan really changed my life because my life became bigger than me at that point. I realized I was a leader for someone at that point that was going to actually follow my lead. So it made me want to get right, man. And um, I realized I had a choice in my rock bottom. I could sink or I could swim. I could believe my life is over. I could say, you know what, this is a new beginning. This chapter is over, but it doesn't mean my story has to be over. So I decided to turn the page and I just started start rehab time. And I started rehab time. And I want to be clear, like for everybody, I'm not saying that you have to start something, you know, uh, for certain reasons, but I started rehab time, like literally not to be a speaker, not for any of this. Like I started rehab time to literally help my life and help other people's lives. And it was a, promise I made to my friend that committed suicide that I would do this. And so uh, to see where it's at today is, is crazy. Um, but it literally started with me picking up my cell phone and just sharing my heart. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was very inexperienced at it. And a lot of times we allow, especially nowadays, we allow perfection to keep us in a prison, meaning that we think we have to be perfect to start. And so we're always looking out on social media, judging ourselves from someone else's chapter 80 and our chapter one we keep ourselves in the box. So the genius thing that I did that really wasn't genius, I just started and I didn't really care, you know, how I looked, how I sounded. I was that dedicated to my mission. And that really is the hardest part. Like even speaking from my experience, like in the beginning, getting behind a microphone and sharing your voice, even with people, it's a lot harder than a lot of people give it credit for. So I completely like, I see what you're saying, man. I agree with that. For sure. Definitely. So now, now that we've kind of been able to hit on like the recap of what you're doing now, I want to go back yeah. to your childhood and I want to actually take a look from, from like that perspective. Did you see like the NFL in your future as a childhood? Did you have that big mindset or were you kind of just like one day at a time? Very vividly. I saw it. <laughs> I, I made up my mind what I want to do and what I want to be. Now I think my problem was my goal is just to make it right. And I think once I made it, I kind of let off the gas cause I made it. But, um, uh, yeah, since I was, I can remember I had two older brothers and I always wanted to keep up with them and just sports was what they did and who they were. So I made up my mind early and I got, you know, my uncle coached in the NFL, he still does. So I got to be around Jerry Rice at times and I got to see it. You know, I live across the street from uh, Gene Atkins, which is it's funny, Geno Atkins plays for the Bengals, which I babysitted Geno. And um, so I got to see just, it was tangible. And so I was like, oh, this is real. Like, these are real human beings. Like, I see them take out the trash every single day because you think, like, like superheroes that, you know, that we can't be. And so once I saw, like, it was tangible and it was a reality, yeah, I made up my mind very quick on what I wanted to do. I love when you talk about that you made it a reality because I think that a lot of people think we all have the same perception of what is reality and what is actually achievable. But then you have people who they've shifted kind of their paradigm and what they believe and then you see them start to elevate the things that they're able to achieve. Yeah, man. Um, you got to really like shape your reality. And I mean, all of our realities are different, but I think it's about like making your dream. So this, I tell my son all the time, He's 11 and, you know, he's blessed to be in a position where he can, I can take him to when I speak to the Cowboys or, you know, gonna go back to Baylor or whatever. And he gets to see it. He wants to be an NFL football player. And the thing that I tell him is, man, don't make your dream so special. What I mean by that is 
don't make it so special that you feel like you can't achieve it. Like, I want to normalize that dream for you. I want to show you that dream is like, it's, it's not easy to have, but it's very, it's very tangible for you to actually achieve it and succeed and be in it. So I try to, as best as I can, normalize his dream to the standpoint of like, okay, I can actually do this. Because sometimes dreams are so big for us and it's so far out there that we just don't think it could ever be a reality for us. And so that's some of the strategies that I use with my kids and uh, just kids that I coach. Definitely. That's really smart. And now to now to talk about like we've gotten to the idea of, OK, let's normalize this. Let's make it happen. Let's break it down into like actionable steps. So for when you want to make it to the NFL, I know that the most powerful thing is the daily consistencies. What were you doing on a daily basis that enabled you to reach that level? Yeah, for sure. Well, one, I. I understood the statistics. Like I, I, I educated myself. Like I understood the statistics. Well, a lot of people educated myself for me. Your teachers would tell you all the time, like it's less than 1% of people who will make it. So I educated myself and I had to realize, okay, from the simplest form, if I want to be less than the 1%, I can't do what the 99% of people are doing. And so I have to be the best player on my team. So if everybody, if I'm doing what everybody else is doing on my team, then it's not enough. I have to separate myself. I have to be the one that's, working on days off. I have to be the one that's watching more film than other people. Then not just on my team in my city, not just in my city and my state. And so I was always trying to, as we say, one up myself on the competition of trying to make it to college and getting a scholarship. And once I got in college, trying, trying to make it to the NFL. From there, you understand then too, the hard work that it takes, right? The work that has to be put in. So I think it's a mixture of obviously working on your gift, working on your talent, working on your craft to a point where you become an expert at it um, to a point where it becomes second nature to you or muscle memory to you. And there's a point of educating yourself and asking questions to people who've already been there. It's like, you know, and, and, and it's easier these days because there you can get in contact. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it's easy just to go hit up, you know, Tom Brady, he's going to respond back to you. But there's so much information out there that, it's a lot easier to get in contact with people who have been there these days to like this podcast. Somebody's going to watch this that has a dream to make the NFL. It can get some type of information. And so when I was growing up, the information was like, you know, having to buy, I used to have these uh, on VCR, like these highlights and stuff like that that you would buy and get. I remember even basketball was like Magic Johnson had this, this drill thing that, that we used to watch all the time. And so I would just educate myself, man, and put myself in environments of kids, even at that age, that wanted to actually go where I wanted to go. I think it's really important that you surrounded yourself with those people. And, you know, as we talk about, like, making it to the NFL and, like, the daily consistencies that you were doing, what did you do when inevitably that doubt did creep into your head that, like, well, what if I'm outside this 1%? What if I don't make it? What did you do in those times? Yeah, man, I had to remind myself of my greatness. And I think we all – and we I don't say that to – say I'm the only person with it. We all have that greatness inside of us and doubt is going to happen. You know, I have doubt the, today. I have doubt before I play games. And then you have to remind yourself of the work that you put in. Also, you have to focus on what you can control, right? Because that is a possibility that you might not make it. And you have to trust in your life that maybe there's a bigger plan for your life for that. But I always, anytime that doubt creeped in, I said, okay, well, focus on what you can control. Uh, remind yourself of how great you are. Remind yourself that you deserve this. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But don't let it not happen because you didn't do the things to make it happen, right? I want to be able to say, listen, I gave my all. I did what I did. And 
it just didn't happen for me. It must be something else meant for my life. That's a great breakdown right there. Um, so now just like kind of straightforward with what you're doing at the rehab time, fundamentally, yeah. what is what is the message that you're trying to get out to people? Yeah, man. My main message, man, is just putting strength back into a weakness, man. So whatever that is, I want to let people know that you can bounce back from whatever it is. Like if it's a bad relationship, it's a failed dream. If it's, you know, uh, going through abusive situations, like whatever it is in your life, a lost job, you can always bounce back and there's more to your life. So that's what the rehab process is, right? We get broken down. We, we lose something. We get injured, especially in sports, uh, injured in life, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And it's about coming back stronger, right? It's about taking that loss and making it your greatest gain. So when you look back and you say, man, if I would never, if I would not have went through what I went through or experienced that situation, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so my situation, like what I thought was the worst time of my life. And now if I look back at it, it was probably the most constructive and the most, probably the best time of my life because it led me to something greater. And so that's my whole message, man, that there's always something more to your life, but you have to be willing to do the work to face your reality, to release the things that need to be released and do the work to repair your life. So what are some of the, what are some of the daily things that you're doing to keep getting yourself to that next level? Cause I think, you know, obviously you saw with the NFL, you hit a plateau and unfortunately there's a consequence for that, but I'm sure that you've learned from that. So what is different now? Yeah, bro. It's just my daily habits. You know, for me, man, I'm at a point in my life where, um, I'm all about fulfillment. And so, you know, I have conversations with myself because I had to redefine what success was to me. You know, I feel like success was given to me by society to say, okay, this is the American dream. This is what it means to be successful, to have money in your bank account, to have followers, to have be significant, to have all these things. And I don't believe that's success. And so I had to, I had to deconstruct my view of success and ask myself, okay, what's really success for me in my life? And for me, it's fulfillment. You know, I'm a father now. I have kids, three kids. And so I'm making sure that I'm doing the things necessary, like protecting my peace, like making sure that I'm taking care of myself spiritually, mentally, physically, making sure that I have rituals and daily habits that are not just impacting the world, but also help my own life so I can be a better me to impact the world. And I'm searching for fulfillment. You know, I have a, the thing I would tell everybody, you know, right now, listen to this is let me break this down. So I've had conversations, obviously, with people like grandparents, you know, they're, they're some I only have one grandparent that's alive. Three of them have passed away. Bless their soul. And every conversation that I've had, I've always asked them a question like, what would you tell, as they said, the younger you? Or what would you like to tell me about life? And everything they told me was nothing that we've been programmed to like chase. You know what I'm saying? Like they never told me like, oh, I want to make more money. I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. It was always something along the lines of, I wish I would have went for the things I wanted to really go for in my life. I wish I would have loved more. I wish I would have spent more time. I wish I would have stopped and actually just reflected more because life goes like this. And so I realized that it's about fulfillment. So when I talk to the 90-year-old trend, as I like to say, and I would encourage everybody to do this, like have an older version of yourself that you talk to. Maybe it's a 50-year-old you. Maybe you're 20. Maybe it's the 40-year-old you. What is that person telling you? What is that person telling you in the conversation? Once you get here, you know, what does that person say? In order to be fulfilled when you meet me at this age, when you meet the future you, what things do you have to do? What things do you have to focus on? Uh, what regrets will you have? Like, my biggest fear is not failing. It's not any of that. My biggest fear is to get to, like, the end of my life 
and have regrets, have the I wish I would have mentality. Like, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have forgave that person. I wish I would have, you know, did more for my community. I don't want to have the I wish I would have syndrome. And so I'm often thinking like that and just really working on fulfillment and just what fulfills me. When you talk about your biggest fear, not being fearing failure, how did you get to that place? Because I know that for a lot of people, it's really common to not do something out of complete fear of failing. Yeah, well, fail, failure is this. I think we have the wrong definition of failure. Um, failure, is, it can be positive, but we have to change the definition because failure is not trying something and not succeeding at it. <laughs> That's a part of the process. There's nobody who's great. There's nobody who's an expert. I'm sure you with this podcast, when you first started it, you weren't as you weren't as great as you are now. And that's not failure. That's called the journey, you know, in any journey. Failure is when, you know, maybe you started the podcast and maybe you weren't, or I just use me as a speaker. Maybe I first started speaking, I wasn't as good as I am now. Failure would be me quitting because of that and me never trying it again. That's failure. Failure is when you stop trying. And so when I start to break down like growth, when I start to break down progression, when I start to break down people that are experts, I realize that every single person had a lot of failure. You have to fail your way forward. There's no way you can become great at something if you're succeeding it, if you're perfect at it all the time. And I, I you know, I uh, have a literally, well, not literally, I have a youth football team, and we just had this conversation as I coach the wide receivers, and some of them are so afraid to fail. And I'm telling, and I'm telling, if you go through practice and it's a perfect practice, and maybe you just had a perfect practice, but more than likely, you didn't really push yourself. I want you to try different things because when you try different things, you now experience different ways that you can become better, that you can bring them greater. You get outside your box. So many times we're so focused on not failing, we're so focused on being perfect, and we just do things the exact same ways every single time. And I'm all about rituals and routines. But if you're so focused and narrow vision, you'll never expand the different options that can really grow your life or grow your business or grow your craft or grow your talent. So I encourage, I encourage people to quote unquote fail so you can learn from it and grow from it and become better at it. I think one of like the great benefits of failure is each time you do it and the more that you accumulate, you have a quicker bounce back time because it, it, we all know it hurts when you fail, but the more and more that you do it, the more custom you get to it and you're able to not necessarily like attach who you are or, or your worth to that failure. You're able to quickly bounce back and move on to the next thing. Absolutely. And I mean, you said it right there and you start to realize like it's not, it's fa failure is not final. You know what I'm saying? It's not fatal. It's, it's only what you choose for it to be. And so once you realize that, you're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll just come back tomorrow. I'll just do this different this time. And I'll find a better way to get through it and a better way to build it or accomplish it. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And as we slowly start to wrap things up here, Trent, where can people find you online if they want to reach out or learn more about you? Yeah, man, you can find me uh, just at Trent Shelton pretty much anywhere on social media, uh, TikTok, now um snap everywhere i mean anywhere on social media youtube facebook instagram even snapchat still um and then i have a new book uh coming out called straight up uh it's actually targeted to young adults so it's a book that i know will impact a lot of young lives um just just going through this world trying to find answers and stuff like that yeah could you tell us about that book real quick actually yeah so straight up um, so I have a book called The Greatest You. Um, that book is, I wouldn't say it's for a reader, but it's more of a reader's book. You know, it's more of the journey of rehab time and me telling my story. So uh, people enjoyed that book. This book was 
not just for youth, but it was, I, I wrote it with the with youth in mind. And it's me being straight up about different topics, right? My relationships, about failure, about your dreams, about your friends, so many different topics that I actually asked. I was like, I really asked Snapchat because I know that's where my younger audience is at that time. And I was like, hey, if I wrote a book, like what would you guys want me to be straight up about? And I just took the top 52, or 52 things that I got back and I wrote it from there. And it's, it's, it's super easy to read. Like I wrote this in mind that I know young adults usually don't, I don't even like to read, honestly. Like I read it because I know it's knowledge in there I need to obtain. But I also have an audio book with it if you don't like to read. But literally you can read a lesson in five minutes and, and get through the day and it's super short chunks. And if you like my videos, if you like the message I put out, this book really embodies that. So you, when you read this book, you're gonna be like, I feel like this is Trent's videos. So yeah, hope hope that everybody enjoys it because uh, it's I actually like it better than the greatest you. That's that's great, man. That's great. So just before we go, one last question, Trent. But first, a little bit of background for you. So when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made or the impact that you had. So that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? Yeah, man. I want people to know that they're enough. That's what I live for. I want people to know that they're enough. They were created enough. And I want them to know that they are a purpose. And so when I leave this earth, I hope the thing that people say is like, man, Trent just really served and lived his life. And he helped the world know their worth. He helped the world believe in themselves. He helped the world with their self-esteem. And that's what I want to care. That's what I want to be remembered as, man. That's what I want to leave here once I, once I leave here.